0: Hello, and welcome back to Plantopia. Plantopia is the plant health podcast of the American Phytopathological Society. I'm the host of Plantopia, Jim Bradine. I'm a professor of plant pathology and associate vice president at Colorado State University. And we're recording this episode of Plantopia live at the 12th International Congress of Plant Pathology in Lyon, France. Today, we are joined by Dr. Huan Lee, pyong was born in the Republic of Korea and earned his BS and MS degrees in plant pathology from Seoul National University, and he earned his PhD also in plant pathology from Louisiana State University. He worked for two years at Clemson University as a visiting assistant professor before returning to Korea as a senior research scientist at LG Chem Limited, and in 1995, he joined the faculty of Seoul National University Rising to the rank of distinguished professor in 2020, Yang Quan's research focuses on the molecular and genomic basis of rice blast disease caused by Magnaporthe oryzae, uh, and he employs multiple research approaches and strategies to dissect infection mechanisms and enable comparative and evolutionary fungal genomics analyses. Yang Quan is author or co-author of a very impressive 231 peer-reviewed publications and he's earned numerous awards. Among his honors, in 2016, Yang Quan was elected as a member of the Korean Academy of Science and Technology, and APS has recognized his many contributions with the Ruth Allen Award in 2013 and the APS Fellow Award in 2017. Yang Quan also held the honor of KP Chair Professor at Zhejiang University in China and a Finland Distinguished Professorship at the University of Helsinki. hyung Kwon is committed to service to his institution and our profession. At Seoul National University, he's held several administrative roles, including Director of the University Plant Clinic, Department Head, and Associate Dean for Research. He has served on the editorial boards of many prominent journals, and is currently an Academic Editor for Scientific Reports, Senior Editor for Phytopathology Research, and senior editor of the APS's Phytobiomes Journal. Hyeong-hwan has served as the president of the Korean Society of Plant Pathology and is currently the president of the Asian Association of Societies for Plant Pathology. Yang hwan also serves on the council and at the end of this meeting will be president of the International Society for Plant Pathology, the ISPP. And I should mention the ISPP, along with the French Society of Plant Pathology, organize the ICPP meeting that we're speaking uh, at today. Hyang wang welcome
1: to Plantopia. Thank you for inviting me here.
0: Our pleasure. It's an honor to meet you and have you on the show. Uh, You have had such a significant impact on our field and you work on a very significant disease and a very significant crop. Um, I'm talking of course about um, blast of rice. So let's actually start at the beginning. Could you tell us a little bit about how you became interested in the field of plant pathology?
1: Before I say really how I got interested in plant pathology, I'd like to a little bit explain what was the economic situation when I was in college student In the 1970s, South Korea faced a challenging economic situation with limited resource and difficulties achieving self-sufficient in poor production. Even per capita GMP was only around 2,000 US dollars, but now it's over 35,000 US dollars. During this period of time, South Korea received significant support from advanced foreign countries. However, fortunately during this time, we had green revolution, at least in rice breeding, leading to the development of Tongil varieties, this made self-sufficient of rice as major food. This was achieved by crossing the Indica and Japanese varieties. And these Tongil varieties had higher resistance to rice blast. Although the taste and quality of this Tongil variety was not as good as Japanese variety we used to consume, but government pushed older rice-growing farmers to cultivate this variety only to increase harvest yield. At the plant point of view, as a result of large-scale cultivation, a genetically identical single varieties over extensive area, the race of blasts passed shift. shifted. In 1978, a major outbreak, of rice blast occurred in Tongil rice. It's causing around 50% of loss of the harvest. During this time, exactly one year next of rice blast outbreak, I entered College of Agriculture at Solation University. And I had to decide my major at the second year. I had interest in the beginning in microbiology. But due to this rice blast outbreak in Korea's I decided to major plant pathology. As an undergraduate student, I had an internship in the laboratory of rice blast. And I decided to go to graduate school. And then I really studied rice blast research until now. That's an incredibly um,
0: moving story. We all have our own pathway into the field of plant pathology. Few of us have that deep personal connection. And as you mentioned, you've
1: worked on rice blast for, for a very long time. I started from 1983, basically, and then till now, it's uh, almost four years.
0: That's an incredible history. And and as I mentioned, you've had just tremendous impact in the field. When you look back at all of the work that you've done, what are some of the projects
1: that stand out as things that you're most proud of? During the last four years, I think the discipline really changed quite a lot. Not necessarily only in climate but also around science as well. And then I started actually from the beginning, something related with it is molecular aspects. They will really like to understand what is the molecular mechanism of pathogenesis of the rice blast. And then from early days, I just work on proplast uh, formation and protoplast fusions and then genetics and genomics and bioinformatics. And then during last 20 years, and then we combined genomics and bioinformatics to really understand that this is what is really nature of the mechanism to make a disease or to make resistant varieties. That was really dream journeys what I have in so far. Incredible.
0: So you're, you're referencing 40 years of work. Where do you think our field will be in another 40 years? What What are some of the the opportunities and challenges that you're looking
1: forward to. Because why I only stick on the rice blast that was probably due to when I started my work at the master program in the beginning, but I had a really good opportunity to always be supported by the government or industries. And with a really exceptionally talented graduate student, but I never think even other area of formal pathogen or area of the pathology. Despite your amazing
0: research career, you've also found time to serve in some really important leadership roles. I'd like to explore a little bit your role as department head and an associate dean at your university. What motivated you to pursue academic leadership?
1: Yeah, i better explain the system what our university has. Probably a little bit different from the U.S. uh, university systems, especially for department head. And then more specifically, say probably we have department chair system rather than head of department by rotating of its faculty members for a few years. With few exceptions, I think it's uh, almost 50% of the faculty member in the department will do one service during their careers. But I also served as associate dean for research at the college level. That is a little bit different and that is is not 100% of full time administrative job but still we need to really significant amount of time i need to invest it to manage those kind of things but that is not election our college dean is election systems but until associate dean is appointed by president of the universities so president uh, i mean appointed you should be a associate dean for research at the college of Agriculture and life science then had to decline. So I had to serve two years. I think that's a story that's familiar to many of us that are in
0: leadership roles. I'm curious at what challenges or impacts you, you
1: had in those leadership roles. When I was an associate dean for the research, I also had the position as a director of BK21 Agricultural Biotechnology Graduate Program that is hugely supported by the government of the careers. And then by that time, we just combined five different disciplines together, including plant pathology, entomology, and biochemistry and food science, even in animal science to make agricultural biotechnology program. And then we had about 350 graduate students in one single program. And then by that time, I also made a joint PhD program with North Carolina State University. It's specifically interdisciplinary program on one of my former PhD student has, that's why dual degrees, one PhD from NC State and one PhD from South National And Wonderful. I'm curious, also so if those leadership roles changed your view of our science or your approach to science? That's every faculty members are facing these days, how much portion they should put in their administration or service, and then how much uh, they should their own science. But at least somebody should sacrifice, right? right. And if no one likes to be, then how this body or community will be run. If you raise a hand and then that is your turn. I'm sure your colleagues thank you for, for
0: your, your your service and sacrifice. I'm looking at your publication record and the impact you've had in our field, and I'm very impressed with what you've been able to do while you were in those service roles as well. Now, you've, you've traveled the globe, and I'm really very interested in the, your association with the universities in China and
1: in Finland. Tell us a little bit about what those relationships were. That was really excellent and memorable journey I had uh, to additional affiliation in China and in Finland. When I was uh, in Zhejiang University as KP chair professor for three years, by that time, the level of Chinese science as good as these days. It's uh, pretty much a starting point. But these days, what I can see, I think many of agrees and more than 60% of high-quality publication came from China. They invited me to incorporate some of this genomics and bioinformatics work in their own institute. But I did not stay as a full-time, but I traveled back and forth very frequently. But when I turned to 50, and that was another challenge, it go to University of Helsinki. Academy of uh, Finland made uh, one really excellent program is called the Finland Distinguished Professorships. And then University of Helsinki as a host invited me to be there for five years. And they don't have really plant pathology department, but they rather have department of forest pathology. If you look here, even including APS or ISPP, we have much less number of forest pathology. Somehow they go to UPRO, is a forest union society, and then has their small section of forest pathology rather than a really plant pathology platform. So they also like to introduce this genomics and bioinformatics platform in forest pathology. So I stayed there five years. So during summertime and the winter time, I stayed in the Helsinki with another set of graduate students and postdocs and then has another, the laboratories and the spring and fall are in Seoul and Seoul National University. After five years, I completely reduced it. And then I terminated one side and now I'm focusing only Seoul National University. But the experience in really less developed Zhejiang University in China and then quite developed. but less developed area of uh, forest pathology compared to plant pathology it was a really extremely enjoyable period of time. I enjoyed it very much, but I can't do any more. So I've heard, I've said many times, and I've actually
0: heard many times in this ICPP meeting that plant pathogens know no boundaries, that, that plant right. pathology really is a global field right. of study. Do you have any advice to students or early career professionals on the importance of international collaborations and international travel?
1: I think I'm mean, later I'm going to introduce what is the role of ISPP, International Society of Plant Pathology, why we need these uh, societies. I think, I mean, during last, whatever, 30, 40 years, if you look back, it's most uh, plant pathology research discipline is becoming deeper and deeper, and then it's Pretty much independent each other. And then it's not easy to understand what is the holistic view of the plant disease and how to even collaborate with the colleagues, even the same department, even the same college. But as I just mentioned, plant disease is not confined in local anymore. This is really global. We like to see the global views. And then we need to work together with uh, the people from other parts of the world. Of course, we have to make our collaboration together at the national level, but now it's time really go further to understand what is the nature of plant disease scaring us, global levels. And then more recently, we have one really nice examples: rice blast fungal pathogen now is causing wheat blast. That is a heavily outbreak. Bangladesh, where it came from. Okay. And we believe now, and then have some evidence, it came from South America, from Brazil. Although we have this quarantine service, we cannot block 100%. We need to know what's happening in neighboring countries and even other parts of the uh, world. Otherwise, we cannot protect our own territory. Even. I think uh, it's becoming more and more important than before. We have to work together global level. And then even in during the last few days in Lyon and then now we are feeling what is really climate change, all right? And this environment will really threatening is more epidemics, even new disease, more ill even re emerging disease. To integrate all together, only think about the global and comprehensive and better platform to work together. And then also I like to really emphasize most of this community being uh, operated or managed by pretty much advanced uh, countries only. But if you look some other part of the world in Asian countries in African countries where really plant pathology is needed. So we have to bring them to our platform and then work together to solve This threatening crisis was challenging by working together with uh, less developed countries and uh, with advanced countries together. So we should be together.
0: That's really well said. You mentioned ISPP. I certainly want to explore the role of uh, this meeting, the ICPP. Before we get there, though, you are also right now the president of the Asian Association of Societies for Plant Pathology. Help me understand
1: what that association is. It has been now almost 20 years. By 2000, year 2000, I think a few colleagues from Korea and then Japan and China get together. And then by that time, traveling to always the Western country is not that cheap. Most of uh, our colleagues didn't have much money to travel to communicate with other parts of the world. And then we decide whether we can make uh, even our own uh, continental societies. By that time already, they had their role. There are Australian society coming together with New Zealand and Australia, something like that. So first meeting we had 2000 in China. And then every three years, we rotated. And then during my presidency of the Korean Society of Pathology, we also uh, hosted Asian Conference of Plant Pathology. And then I became president of this Asian Society of Plant Pathology 2017, and then my term supposed to be ended by 2020. But we had a pandemic of COVID-19 and then proposed this uh, Asian Conference of Plant Pathology postponed and postponed and then canceled. So still I'm in the office. And then I hope. Is concluded next year when we have finally Asian Conference on Plant Pathology in China. And then I'll be more focused on ISPP. Yeah, you've got a lot going on. Yeah. <laughs> really, at
0: the conclusion of the International Congress of Plant Pathology, the ICPP meeting we're at today, you will assume the role of president of the International Society of Plant Pathology tell us a bit about the society and some of your priorities for the society.
1: Yeah, let me explain a little bit information on International Society of Plant Pathology. This society was founded in 1968. Now we have a 63 national or regional plant pathology or plant protection society as a member. If we think about the individual members, We had about 26,000 plant pathologists as a member, but as you may guess, and the purpose of this ICPP is to promote the worldwide development of plant pathologies and the dissemination of knowledge on plant disease and plant health management. But what we do actually as a societies, we sponsor the International Congress of Plant Pathology at regular intervals, currently every five years, okay. Now it's twelve here in Lyon, but will be changed every four years, commencing 2032. And then also other international meetings on plant pathology and related subjects. But more importantly, ISPP established what we call subject matter committees to investigate and report on special field or problem in plant pathology. And ISPP also published ISPP journal is uh, food security. Food security journal has a really broad spectrum, even including economics, sociology, even, even household. During the last 10 years, the journal food security has been really successful. It's now we have an impact factor of 7.1. And also ISPP also published monthly newsletter and sending out more than 2,500 individual members and society members. And then also books with Springer Nature in the field of plant pathology. Many things, right? And then ISTP also maintain websites. And more importantly, with support of the funds, we establish worldwide directory of plant pathologists. A very impactful society, and we
0: really look forward to seeing where you, you take it in, in the next five years yeah. that you'll be president. By the way, congratulations on the presidency, and thank you for, for that service.
1: Thank you very much. But I'd like to add just one point, how this international society plant pathology is operating and running. And the ISPP executive committee is the highest administrative body, consisting of presidents. We have two presidents. One for subject matter committee, the other one is next Congress chair. And then we also had secretary general and the treasurer and immediate past president, but I have been learning quite a lot during last few months. And they really committed for the community. I'm not quite sure how much I can do it. I'm very much scared. Even my responsibility is becoming bigger and bigger from last even a few days. I really thank you very much. And then we also has another secretary committees, including the editor-in-chief of the food security journals and web manager and one business manager.
0: There are a lot of people who believe in you, and uh, it sounds like you have really great support from um, the various committees. Yeah. So as, as president, the, the next Congress um, will fall to you. Yes. And tell us a bit about when and where
1: that, that Congress is. Next Congress is going to be 5 years interval is 2028 and the Gulf Coast Queensland in Australia. So Andrew is uh, now is chairing the next ICPP 2028. So we'll have uh, all this uh, nice introduction, the ceremony in day of tomorrow. Please join. Okay, just mark in your calendar. Okay, and uh, 2028. 2028 uh, on the Gold Coast
0: of Australia. Um, Let's all be there. I can say as somebody who attended this year's ICPP meeting, it's an incredibly impactful experience. There are more than 2,400 attendees at this year's Congress coming from 100 different
1: countries. So it's truly... Let me correct one thing. 101 countries. (laughs)
0: 101. 101. You heard it here on Plantopia. So it is, it really truly is a global.
1: Yeah. It's global. Yeah. And then we have, I think 63 concurrent sessions and 350 invited speakers. It's pretty impressive. Impressive
0: is correct. We definitely look forward to to seeing you in, in 2028.
1: And is there anything else that you would like to say to the listeners of Plantopia? I actually, when I got the requested to be in guest in the Plantopia, I went back to the website and then I just learned and listened a few things and then I was just got shocked and then how I can be there and then what I can say and then all these nice speakers, it looks like all the professional. so I'm listening really broadcasting, not operating by APS as plant pathologist. Then I got stressed very much. I had to eat. I don't know how the people are thinking about when they listen our conversation. I, I hope our conversation here has made you a little less stressed about
0: being on Plantopia. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. you know, Plantopia really thrives because people like you are, are willing to share your stories and it's a big and diverse field of study and there are folks all over the world doing amazing things. So. Thank you so much for taking the time to share your story. Thank you very much. We have just heard from Dr. Yang Kwan Li, distinguished professor at Seoul National University and incoming president of the International Society of Plant Pathology. I'm Jim Bradine, the host of Plantopia. Thank you so much for listening.